Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. Going to the local pub uh, to meet up with friends and for a drink is a staple of British life. And as I was saying earlier on, it fits in quite nicely with what Sandra was saying, that it's important for us to socialise. But how would you feel if your local closed and then more and more of the pubs in your area close their doors for good? This is a very real possibility with more pubs closing due to both the pandemic and the current cost of living crisis. What can you do to help these businesses stay open and to prevent more pub closures? With me in the studio is Interim Regional Director for Camera, which is the Campaign for Real Ale, Mark Parks, and he's sitting in front of me now. Good evening, Mark. Good evening. Thank you ever so much for your time this evening. First of all, Camera, C-A-M-R-A, that's the, uh, the uh, acronym. What does it stand for and what? tell me about the organisation? Uh, Camera, the Campaign for Real Ale, um, it's the largest or one of the largest uh, consumer organisations in Europe now. Uh, and basically we're all about um, supporting pubs, supporting breweries that um, brew real ale and trying to make sure that um, they are treated in a fair manner and keep pubs open for people to go and drink it. So we're all about um, promoting pubs and proper decent beer. What led to the organisation's inception then? Um, back in the ni- early 19s, well, late 60s, early 70s, the, uh, the big breweries um, were busy taking over all the small breweries. And with that came a lot of um, rationalisation. Uh, breweries were finding out that they could use cheaper products, uh, cheaper raw materials, uh, cut a lot of corners. And basically, the, the the brewing industry went down the pan big time. Uh, it was an area that was commonly known as mediocrity and mergers. Um, and four guys decided they wanted to do something about it in 1971. And thus, the campaign was born. And it's gone from strength to strength there. Uh, it's now running at about 192,000 members. Gosh. That's, is that individual businesses or individuals per se? No, this is individuals per se. Right. We're a consumer organisation. We don't represent the, the breweries or the pub trade itself. Mm. We represent the people who go in there. Um, so I could join if I wanted? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yes, definitely. We've got members all over the country from um, throughout England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland, Isle of Man. We've got... Uh, people in foreign countries as well in Europe and the United States. Um, we've got sister organisations like the uh, European Beer Consumers Union. Uh, so it's a fairly massive um, number of people out there who are sympathetic to our cause. What's the difference then? Well, no, define what real ale is. Define, because you, we know of beers, lagers, ales, all these different terms. How, what's yeah. the difference? There's a lot of the terms are pretty much the same. Uh, real ale, or as it's commonly referred to uh, these days, live beer, is beer that is still uh, undergoing a secondary fermentation in the cask or whatever vessel it's um, sitting in in a, a pub cellar. So when you brew beer, you've got the four basic ingredients, which is malted barley, water, hops and yeast. And part of that process is the fermentation. That's a very important part of it, where the yeast is converting sugars to alcohol. And during that process, uh, a lot of CO2 is given off, which can't be, apparently can't be captured very easily, which is unfortunate for the industry at the moment. But then there's two ways of sending it on after that. You either kill the yeast 
and then that stops any uh, secondary fermentation. So it has to be kegged, put into a container that you can add artificial CO2 uh, to it to get it up to the bar or it can go in with a little bit of yeast left in it and a little bit of fermentable sugar so while it's in the cellar it's developing its own flavour a bit more, it's maturing but also that little bit more fermentation gives off a wee bit more CO2 so it naturally carbonates the beer Right, okay because one of my friends has his own pub mm. and he's very much a real ale pub he's very keen on, on that simply because he, he believes the flavour is better Yes, um, I think it is in general. Um, the, the problem we've got these days is that uh, we've still got a lot of breweries that are producing quite bland um, keg products mm-hmm. because they're cheap and easy to do. Whereas Cascale and um, real beer in, in, in any form is quite an expensive beer. And especially now because, I mean, back when I started drinking, it was mild and bitter. And if you were lucky, um, a Christmas mm-hmm. ale. Whereas nowadays, there are thousands of different flavours going into beers. You know, it's a very, very exciting time for um, beer drinkers um, with so many new hops as well that give the beers their individual flavours. It it really is the beer drinker's uh, paradise. Yeah, I mean, certainly my friend enjoys it. His wife runs the kitchen. He does the, mm. he does the, the pub part. And never the twain shall meet sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And look, it's been reported that a number of pubs in the black country are closing or have closed. What do you think's lending itself to this? I suppose the obvious thing is, is the cost of living. But yeah. is there anything else? Yes, the, there is a massive uh, issue at the moment um, allied to the cost of living uh, with all the other prices going up. So uh, breweries... Raw materials prices are going up. Um, I know of one brewery in uh, Birmingham. Their their malt prices have gone up by sixteen percent this year alone. Um, and these that's a big jump. It is, yeah. Uh, the odd thing is that they can get specialist malt from uh, Europe, which has only gone up four percent, which seems a bit bizarre. But hey, um, but it's all these sorts of price rises that are leading through into the price that the beer is sold to the pub to the publican, Mm. uh, including obviously with diesel and uh, all those prices going up and energy prices. So the poor old publican is facing a double whammy. He's getting the prices passed on to him, the price increases passed on to him, but can he afford to put the prices up to the public? Um, I know Diageo put the price of Guinness up twice this year already, which means that Guinness is just going through the roof at the moment. And it's all these sort of things that mean that Publicans are either having to keep the prices artificially low, which means that they're running at such small margins it's, it becomes unviable. Mm. But if they put the prices up, people on low incomes are not going to be able to, to go to the pub. So they've got a double whammy there. What do you think the answer is? Um, I think a major part of the answer really is for the government to start acting uh, in hospitality's benefit for a change. Mm. Mm. Um at the moment... But the, but the government doesn't have a bottomless pit of money. It doesn't, however... Any government doesn't. No, it doesn't. But at the moment, we have the highest rate of duty on beer in Europe. Um, they are making... or they are looking at reducing the, uh, the duty costs. However, that will only be for beer going into a pub and sold out of containers larger than 40 litres which a lot of the small breweries do not use because, mm. you know, they can't, they can't afford to sell that sort of volume. So all of these um, things that the government are doing with duty are only going to benefit the big boys who are their backers anyway. 
Um, we've got VAT on top, and then there's a really huge crippling bill uh, with the business rates. So some of those could definitely be uh, reduced. And also, um, the government needs to act on this cost of living um, crisis because, you know, people do need that much more money in their pocket. If they cut taxes and various bits and pieces like that, if people have more money in their pocket, they are going to go out and spend it. They're not going to just squirrel it away in the Cayman Islands or the Isle of Man tax havens and things like that. So we need to bolster the economy, we need to rejuvenate the economy, get it going again, and then we can get people back into pubs. And that's the key thing. If people aren't going into pubs, then um, you know the, the pubs aren't going to survive. Where does camera fit in with all this then? How can you support publicans? Camera, um, the main thing we do uh, a lot of these days um, is as an organisation with 192,000 members, as I said earlier, um, we've got uh, a certain status, a super complainant status with the government, which means that if we sort of take anything to Parliament, they listen. Mm -hmm. And there is an all-party parliamentary um, beer group that uh, is very, very keen to listen to the campaign, take on board the ideas. We want to see things like this, uh, that duty um, escalator I was talking about. We want to see that reduced so that uh, breweries sending beer out in 20-litre containers also get the benefit of the duty mm. uh, drop. Um, and, yeah, there, there's all sorts of things like that. If we're not talking to government, we can talk to um, various groups and communities within the pub, public house area um, because there's a, a thing called an uh, asset of community value, which, whilst it can't stop pubs being closed totally... It does help because it can put a stay of execution and allow people to sort out other options for keeping the pubs alive. And we've had quite a good uh, record of doing that, certainly within the West Midlands region. What advice would you give to pubs about the way in which they, they, they sort of carry out their business? Is there anything different that they can do, would you say? You'll see that the best, well, sorry, the most successful pubs are the ones that have found uh, a bit of a niche. And I would say play to your niche. Um, it's no point trying to open a, a, a dry-led pub, i.e. one doing more food than um, ale, if you've got four of the pubs in the same vicinity that all do good food. If all those pubs do one or two beers and then a choice of cocktails, go down the specialist ale route, go down the sort of we've got five or six hand pumps, or perhaps you want to go down the craft uh, line. So the craft market at the moment is very buoyant. Um and make yourself a bit of a speciality for that, or gins, wines and spirits. It's got to be realised these days that people go to the pub not just for the beer. So, you know, if you get a group of six or seven people going out and two of them don't drink ale, they will go to a pub that serves a lot of other stuff uh, instead. So if you want to get people into your pub, you've got to cater for most people. Interesting, I hadn't thought of that. I mean, is the pub trade still a viable business for potential landlords? and pub managers? It is, yes. Um, it's got to be done well, it's got to be done properly. Uh, unfortunately, we saw over a past sort of couple of decades the rise of what they call the pub cows. Um, they're not the best models to go to. Um, if you want to get into the pub trade, those people, they, they don't really give a damn about supporting you once you're in there. They make the right noises, mm. but they're not that good at doing it. All they want is you to put the money in to start with, and then that's it, you're on your own. Um, 
there are a lot of very good smaller pub companies out there who do look after their uh, licensees. Um, those uh, and some of them are actually recruiting at the moment. Uh, I know um, a certain black country area breweries uh, holding recruitment days for management teams at the moment. Mm. Um, so you know you can look at that line. That's very good for or can be very good for publicans. But there's an interesting model that's taken off big time over the last few years, and that's called the micro pub. Oh, I've heard of these. It's, yes, they're, they're small pubs, uh, as the name might uh, suggest. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's shop front. That's all it is. It's ba- what was a shop. Uh, and you convert it into a small bar. Um, you put on minimal um, food and, and uh, snacks, etc. You concentrate on the wet lead stuff. Um, a lot of them have no music. They don't have fruit machines. You go in there for a range of beers, some spirits, etc. There will be some snacks, but not many. Um, but that sort of keeps the business rates down because you're only a small place. You tend to find they don't open all the hours God sends, so they can be run by literally a, a couple. Um, it's all about maximising your potential whilst keeping the overheads down. Mm. And micro-pubs are very good at doing that. For anybody listening, thinking, you know, I've always fancied a career in the pub trade, what advice would you give and where is a good place to start? I would advise them to think very, very carefully before they do. Um, I've been in the pub trade myself. It is a hard job. You do long hours. It's your whole life, isn't it? It really? is, yes. I mean, people, Chris and Laura, I think they're rarely at home in one way or another. Yeah, people think you just sort of sit in the bar being mine host. It's a lot more than that. So think carefully. Talk to other publicans. Get their views on things. Talk to them about what companies they think are good, what companies they, um, they're not so happy with. There is a lot of um, expertise and experience out there that can be uh, delved into. Um, yeah, talk to the local branch of the campaign. Obviously, we uh, we don't represent the pub trade. We no. represent the consumer. But we have also people in the trade in camera who can talk to you about various bits and pieces. Um, we have the experience of... Uh, a lot of us have experience of running pubs, so we know the pitfalls. Um, so, yeah, talk to us. Talk to other publicans. Contact some of the smaller breweries and see what their views are. You'll find that the bigger breweries go on their website. They will have a lot of information. Um, most of them are very, very good. So the information's out there, but I would su- seriously say do your research, research first. Research is key, isn't it? I mean, you hear of some, in some cases, you know, commu- um, com- sort of small communities actually running a community-led pub, which is almost like a not-for-profit thing, but mm-hmm. at least it keeps a pub open and it keeps that interaction with people in the community. How successful can that be? That can be very successful. Um, It's good because it gets people together. Uh, It means that no one person has got everything uh, under their control. But it also means that there is a good fund of knowledge, of skill sets, uh, hopefully money as well, because it does take a lot of money to set these things up. But if if you're invested in that... If it's, you know, you've put the money into it, you've invested in it, you're more likely to use it. And when you think that you've got a say in what goes on, it means that you've got part ownership and it makes you feel good about it and you want to go there and you want to chat to people in there. Because that's what 
these pubs are. They're, they're there for the community. They're there for people to socialise. They're there for people to get out of the flat, especially if they're on their own. It's somewhere to go and chat to other people. You know, it, it's very, very much a, a community hub. Prince Charles called it the hub of the community. Mm. The pub is the hub. Um, and we've got to remember in these days at the moment with people having, uh, or a lot of people suffering from mental health issues, especially after the isolation of COVID, mm. being able to get into a pub and talk to people is is an amazing thing to be able to do. Which is what do. we were talking about with Sandra in the first hour, that, that, that right, doing that yeah. is, is important. Yes, it is. Um, you, you never know what people are going through. And you tend to find in a lot of places, especially the smaller pubs, you'll find that the staff are very, very good listeners. I mean, they might not retain any of the knowledge when you're talking to them. It might go in one ear out the other. But they're good listeners. And that is sometimes all somebody needs. They need a pint and somebody to listen to them. And that does them a world of good. And if you think about it, and this thought's only just occurred to me, if you think about all our continuing dramas on television and on radio, there's a pub in every one. Yes. Well, yeah, there is. Because um, that's where it all happens. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's where some of the bad stuff happens as well. <laughs> um, yeah. and in, in the fictitious world. In the fictitious world, yes. But you tend to find that, and this is something that people don't sometimes understand, um, a good, well-run pub is one of the safest places to be. It's a good controlled area for um, drinking your alcohol. It's managed properly. The licensee has to pass uh, an exam before it can go there. He's got to be licensed by the local authority. He's uh, liable for visits to check on his progress. The police and the licensing committees are always on his case if anything's happening. So, you know, it is a very, very good way of doing things. Whereas the alternative, which uh, unfortunately is quite a lot cheaper these days, is for people to just go down the supermarket, grab a load of cans at a ridiculously low price as a lost leader, take them in the park and then cause hassle and mm. leave litter all over the place. It's not good, is it? Where can we find more information out there, Mark? On which particular part? About on, on, on camera. On camera. Well, camera has got its own website, uh, www.camera.org.uk. There's a lot of information on there that's um, freely available to everybody. So there's bits and pieces there. It tells you about all the events that we're running, all the festivals, beer festivals that we're running. Um, I mean, there's one coming up in November down the road in Dudley. Uh, one in Kidderminster coming up in uh, early November, I think that is. You know, there, there's a lot of beer festivals uh, coming up, so there's lots of events listed. You can find information about the campaign itself, who the leaders of the campaign are, our uh, national executive members, because all of it's run by volunteers. It's only when you get to the... There's only a few full-time office staff who actually do the administration, mm -hmm. but even our national executive are um, volunteers. Uh, he's got all those details and membership details, obviously. Uh, we've even got a learning and discovery zone there now, so if people want to learn about the difference between real ale, lager, uh, keg beer and all that, how it's dispensed, whether it's coming out of a cask uh, through a hand pull, whether it's gravity, i.e. just poured straight from the cask, whether it's key keg or one of these new membrane kegs. All that can be found on the learning and discovery zone. So there's a lot of, a lot of information out there if you just go onto the camera website. Lovely. Mark Park, Interim Regional Director for Camera. Thank you very much for talking to Friday Night Clive. That is your lot for this episode.
You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 8pm. If you like our podcast, please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by Clive Payne and produced by Andy Caddick.